Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bank at Night. Hour number two, Bank at Night. I'm the sports machine with Nolan taking you up until 9 o'clock here on 610 Sports Radio. 610sports.com and all over the world on the Odyssey app. The texts are rolling in, 913-576-7610. Here's the thing about having ADD like I do. I'll talk about this, I'll talk about that, and then I look at the text line, and I'm like, hold on, I thought I was talking about football. Why'd somebody from the 913 text in Encino Man? Oh, yeah. High school movies. Was Encino Man a high school movie? I would say it was a high school movie the same way that Teen Wolf was, although I love me some Pauly Shore. Encino Man was the last movie that I saw in the at the drive-in movie theater. I've tried to convince my girl to go. I think there's still one in Kansas City, right? Somewhere. I want to say. When's last? You shake your head yes? Yeah, there is. For sure. The Where? twin drive-in is down by Independence. That's the closest one I know of. Yeah, I think that's the one I was checking out because we were going to go see Cliff for the Big Red Dog. But she was like, no, nah, I don't think that's the movie that I'm going to... I'm going to break my streak of not going. So I'm glad you didn't do that. I didn't care what the movie was. I wanted to go see it. I don't care what you guys say. It was Encino Man and uh, Ghost 2. Because it's usually like you get, to, you get to see two movies at the drive-in. So, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, 816, Sports Machine, how'd you miss High School Musical? I didn't miss it. It wasn't terrible, but, uh, you know, it was all right. Keep those texts rolling in, 913-576-7610. I was talking about the, the blame pie. Who deserves the most? Um, it, it was a team. It was a team effort. I'll say that. Like, there's a lot of blame to go around. Feel free to talk about it with me. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten. Got this from the nine one three. I agree. The collapse is the entire team. It almost felt like their goal was to lose everything from the first uh, half forward. It wasn't even the first half forward. It was the last play of the first half. Chris and I were breaking this down a lot on Sunday night. It feels weird. It feels backwards. It doesn't feel right saying anything bad about Patrick Mahomes because whether you're a fan of his on the football field or off the football field or whatever it is, I mean, it's tough to find a knock on the guy. If you're being honest with yourself, he was a large reason of why the Chiefs lost that football game. And I think it's the first time as a Chiefs fan that I can ever remember thinking that. Now, I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes hasn't made mistakes. I'm not saying that early on in the year people were going, oh, where's the same old guy? But ultimately, 
there wasn't really a game or there wasn't really a play or a series of plays that I can point to and say, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, if he just would have played a little bit better or smarter, the Chiefs would have ultimately gone on and won that football game. Now, I think that something happened at the end of the first half mentally to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Chris kept fighting back saying, dude, they've gone through a lot of crap. They were down three touchdowns at Arrowhead. You know, Patrick Mahomes didn't start his first year when he probably was better than Alec. This guy, he's not going to let that stop him one play. And I agree with that. I agree with that because on the surface, I sound like a damn fool saying, oh, the reason why the Chiefs ultimately lost that football game was because of one play that didn't work out well for them at the end of the first half. I get it. It sounds ridiculous. But then let me ask you a question. What the hell happened? What went so wrong? There's always a line of demarcation when something goes bad, right? When the earthquake happens, there's always the the epicenter. Where did it crack? I feel like it was there. The body language, the scoreboard, being able to score a touchdown, then go into the halftime locker room, then come back out, score again. Then you could bury that football team. Then we're then right now we'd be talking about a Super Bowl instead of talking about what else y'all are doing on Friday night in Kansas City. And if anybody's even going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm serious. Did anybody even watch the NFC Championship game? I kept it out of the corner of my eye. I didn't care. Yeah, I'm a sore loser. But it hurts even more when your expectations are that high. It's one thing if you're good. It's another thing if you're great. It's a different thing when you've hosted four straight AFC championship games and you're a touchdown favorite at the crib to go back to your third straight Super Bowl and you lose in that fashion. I don't care what people outside Kansas City say. It's a different feeling that we've had this week. 913-576-7610. The fall is harder when your expectations are higher. And I think that it hurts even more knowing that let's just let's just take let's just take the very end of the game because we could really break this thing down with a microscope if you want to for the next two hours, but I prefer not to do that. Let's just say the last drive of the game. Chiefs have the football. They're coming down the field. How many times, Chiefs fans, since Patrick Mahomes has been your starting quarterback, have the Chiefs been a somewhat similar scenario? I'm not talking about down by five with two minutes left. And a, but how many times have you seen a situation where the Chiefs are down, but Patrick Mahomes has the football, and you feel pretty good that they're going to retake the lead? He's going to bring him right down the field. Well, he did. So Cincinnati kicks a field goal. There's three minutes left. Chiefs get the ball back. Patrick Mahomes starts dicing and dinking and dunking, and the Chiefs literally come right down the field, knife through butter, made it look easy. There's a minute left, and Tony Romo freaking says, maybe they should let the Chiefs score. I remember thinking, dude, First of all, that sounds like bad advice to me. Second of all, if he's saying that, then it's over. That's Tony Romo, right? That's that's Nostradamus. That's Miss Cleo. That guy predicts the future. If he's talking about letting the Chiefs score, then might as well be talking about the Chiefs going on to the Super Bowl, right? Like, this thing's done. And I think that the reason ultimately why the Chiefs did not score, and this is going to pain me to say what I'm about to say, is because of awful decision-making by Patrick Mahomes. Taking the sack, taking the first sack is one thing on that drive. Because there was a lot of plays in that game from both quarterbacks, Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, 
where they kept the play alive with their legs. Ultimately, Burrow ended up getting all those first downs on that one drive. I think it was three with his legs, maybe four. And Mahomes was dancing around and running a little bit, not like he did against Buffalo where he was the team's leading rusher, but he was keeping the play alive. So I didn't mind necessarily that first one. But on third down, taking a sack, moving it from a 20-something yard field goal to a 40-something yard field goal could have literally been one of the biggest bonehead mistakes since Purvis Pascoe. Anybody get that reference? Old K-State basketball player when he traveled in the Big 12 tournament? Sorry, it's the best I can come up with right now. All I'm saying is, if that's how the Chiefs would have lost, first and goal, get a sack, screw up the next play, third down, take another sack, and then you bring in a kicker who's been a little dicey and then misses the field goal because of that sequence. But ultimately, he goes on and makes it. We all know what happened, right? Even then, I felt great. I was like, oh, I've seen this story before. Overtime, Arrowhead. Chiefs win the coin toss. Now I'm feeling great. Mahomes airs it out. I don't really know why they were targeting Demarcus Robinson, and we can talk about the piece of the pie that Andy deserves here in a little while. But you know the rest. It's history. Of course, the Bengals come back. I'm sorry for making you relive that. But what we're trying to do is kind of divide up the blame because I only think that there's three pieces of pie, and I'm going to come out to the phone lines here in just a second. 913-576-7610. I got one open if you want to talk about it. I think there's there's three slices. Mahomes gets a big slice. You ever got that weird uncle at Thanksgiving that when they bust out the desserts, he goes and takes like 18 cookies? Like, yo, bro, don't get your hands all over those things. Or he slices half the pie for himself. That's what Patrick Mahomes gets. He gets half the pie. The same way when things are good, he gets the biggest piece. That dude gets half the pie. He gets half the blame. I never see anything like it. I'm still highly confident that next year he's going to mentally be back and physically be back, and I would take him over any quarterback on planet Earth, up to and including Joe Burrow. Don't get it twisted. But I think he's a large reason why the Chiefs lost that game. I think Andy deserves a pretty big piece of that pie. Not like the biggest slice, but there were a lot of things in that game that he could have done. There were at least, let me think about it, off the top of my head, the play at the end of the first half, and the play at the end of the first half was, I'm trying to think of the right word here without swearing, um, I really don't understand how that happens. And I don't care if you're Mike McCarthy, who I consider to be the worst coach in the NFL or whatever level you're at. Hell, if I was watching my nephew Brady's Pop Warner team and there was a couple of seconds left and they're in no timeouts and they decide to throw the football behind the line of scrimmage in the field of play instead of, I mean, there were so many different things they could do, really. Hell, if you're going to do that, just run the football. You know what I'm saying? Just try to catch them off guard, run the football straight at the middle. Who knows? Maybe there's a hole there. I know it sounds ridiculous, but what they did was ridiculous too. So there was that play. There was the stuff in overtime. So Andy definitely deserves a piece of that pie. And then when it comes to the defense, I I don't think the defense played great, and I certainly don't think that they're completely void of the blame, but I'm not going to put too much on them. They get a couple of bites only because – We saw at points this season when this defense was good, they were great. We know that this defense for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career was a defense that ultimately could go out there and be the reason why the team won the game. 
for real. Like this year, I would say there were maybe five of the wins. You could point to the defensive side of the ball. Remember the Chiefs had a few games in a row where they gave up nine points? For a month and a half, statistically, the Chiefs had the second-best defense in the NFL. So you knew they had it in them. You just had to shake them sometimes to get it out. So I'm going to give the defense a couple of bites of this blame pie, but Andy gets a little bit of it. The defense gets a little bit of it, but let's, let's just call it what it is. Patrick Mahomes gets, he gets half the pie. Let's go out to uh, Roland Park. Chad, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Chad? Hey, how are you guys doing? We're good, man. What's up? Uh, so I'm, I'm a football fan, huh? just that way. Um, I dislike football. I even watch the NFC, uh, although my wife is a Kansas City fan and almost wouldn't let me watch the NFC matchup. <laughs> but I believe that Mahomes does get a lot of the blame on this. It almost reminded me of uh, back when John Elway was playing and they went to three Super Bowls and lost three Super Bowls. And all the things that John Elway did to get to those Super Bowls, for some reason, he uh, he couldn't complete it. He couldn't finish. And uh, it's kind of kind of what it reminded me of uh, this season. Um, I'll, I'll listen to you off air, but that's kind of just my take on what happened this season with Patrick Mahomes. I think there's a lot of comparisons between the two quarterbacks, right? scrambling around, rocket for a right arm, same division, right? Success early, high draft pick, all those different things. No question about it. But the difference is this, and I appreciate the phone call. John Elway had to prove to himself, to the organization, and to everybody that he could win a championship. There's a lot of those type of quarterbacks, right? There's a lot of quarterbacks that get there. There's not that many that actually cash in. There's not that many that have gone to two in their first four years of being a starting quarterback. Like, typically, that just doesn't happen. It's one thing to get there. It's another thing to win and have the parade. And for Patrick Mahomes, luckily for Patrick Mahomes, there's never going to be a conversation of, can he win the big one? You don't think that that was a thorn in the side? You don't think that that kept Dan Marino up every single night? Dan Marino might be able to tell you now as a, whatever he is, 60-something-year-old dude, oh, you know, winning a championship wouldn't have changed me. How the hell do you know? Yes, it would have. You didn't win one. It's kind of like what ugly people say. It's what's on the inside that counts. No, it's not, you ugly ass. Come on. So we can never have that conversation with Patrick Mahomes. The worst, and I can't believe I'm even talking about this, is Five years from now, we look back and say this dude's now been our quarterback for a decade, and it's been a lot of fun, and there's been a lot of good things and MVPs and AFC Championship games at the crib, and they might have even gone to a few more Super Bowls. How many more rings? The Chiefs have gotten to the point, and I think us as a fan base have gotten to a point where a season like this feels so hollow, feels so empty, feels so disappointing. Look, y'all, I'm a KU basketball fan. I know this feeling. I know this feeling at the end of the year when you thought your team was the best, the, the most well-coached, and you lost to an inferior team. And at the beginning of the year, you were puffing your chest out, thinking your team actually had a chance to cash in and win a championship. It hurts even more. Let's talk about it. 913-576-7610. Right here on 610 Sports Radio. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm probably not going to watch. Well, what am I talking about? I'll watch the Super Bowl just because I'm a gambling degenerate. So I'll bet on the coin toss and all that stuff. But. I'm definitely looking forward to the halftime show way more than I'm looking forward to the game. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but I was at the original Up and Smoke tour in Chicago back in the year 2000. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Warren G. Exhibit was there. And I believe all those guys, I don't know if Exhibit's going to be there. I don't know if Warren G's still with us now that I'm talking out loud. But I do know that Snoop's going to be there. You want to talk about like a perfect show for L.A.? Boy. Yeah, the game has no appeal to me whatsoever, but ba-da-da-da-da. It's da-da-da-da-da, D-O-double-G. I'm down with that. Let's go out to the phone lines. Big Al, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Big Al? Hey, guys. What's, What's up, going man? On? Hey, I, I just wanted to let you know I don't I don't blame you for not wanting to watch the football game after that. No, it, <laughs> took me about a, it, took me, it took me a whole week to get – to get uh, to even call in, I was so pissed. Right, but um, how do you? I mean, I'm, I'm glad you kind of summarized it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely put the blame on on Mahomes on this, and I talked to my buddies about it. Of course, a couple of my buddies think the game was rigged in the second half, but I mean, I'm sure you've heard all that crap. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't necessarily think that, and uh, but I, I just think out of the last four teams that were left, I think the Chiefs were the best. And, 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 and that's what makes it. That's what I'm saying, Big Al. And that's what makes it so so painful. Is that if you were, you know, the Royals on the come up in 2015 or whatever, early on, I should say, the year before, then you know it's not that big a deal. You got to cash in the next season. But where the Chiefs were and having everything in place and home field advantage and a seven point favorite, like against the second year quarterback, a team that came out of nowhere, the Cincinnati Bengals, who won two games the year before, like man. That's one where you have to cash in. If we're ever going to talk about Patrick Mahomes being the GOAT or, you know, winning three or four or five of these things, this was one that you had to win. 913-576-7610 is the phone number. We were talking about the blame pie and how much of a piece Patrick Mahomes gets. Here's the thing about that. I know that it feels weird that we're all 
I don't even know. Nobody's pissed at Mahomes. I don't even think people are really upset with Mahomes. I would describe it as surprised with the way that Patrick Mahomes played. But you know what? It's kind of like a relationship that you have with somebody that you have a deep love for. Your wife, your husband, your brother, your sister, your child. You let it slide. They've done enough good things. You've got a good enough relationship. You've got total confidence and trust in that person. But it doesn't mean that you can't be upset with them. It doesn't mean that sometimes they're not not a little bit perturbed or they're going to keep you up at night or you're going to talk smack behind their back. I think that's where you are with Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to take anybody over your own kid, but they still piss you off sometimes. If I said you could take any quarterback, you're not going to say anybody except for Patrick Mahomes. But right now, a little upset. Dan, my man from KCK. What's up, Dan? Hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm getting over it. You know, it would have been great to have gotten the revenge on the Rams. But, hey, look, Aaron Rodgers had that home field two years in a row, and he blew it this year, too. So uh, uh, what do you think now, uh, uh, Sean, I'll ask you something. What now with uh, Josh McDaniels with the Raiders and Barrick McDaniels with the uh, Broncos? What do you think is going to happen in the division? Do you think the Chiefs can still own the division? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dan. Thanks for the phone call. One of our most loyal listeners and callers. Appreciate you, my brother. Um. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, last time I checked, they won the division this year, and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that. I got one more, and the year before that. Actually, I was looking the other day. Y'all know the last time that a team not named the Chiefs or the Broncos won this division? 11 years ago. What were you doing 11 years ago? (laughs) What was going on in your life? That's the last time, and I don't know, I can't remember if it was the Raiders or the Chargers. That's the last time a team other than the Broncos or the Chiefs have won this division. The question was, are they going to win it again? How much are other teams catching up with them? Well, with the Raiders and hiring Josh McDaniels, I'm going to be honest with you. I would have kept old boy Bisaccio. Like, is that how he's Bisaccio? Bisaccio? Long Italian last name. I mean, you want to talk about an organization that could have gone south? You had the John Gruden stuff. That would have been enough to be like, eh, yeah, well, it wasn't going to work out this year. You had the Damon Arnett stuff, now twice. You had the horrible thing with Henry Ruggs. Like, it just, it couldn't have gotten much worse. And I thought when all that stuff happened, which was in like a month and a half period of time, that that organization was going to fold. They're already in Las Vegas. Like, the writing was on the wall where they don't win another game. And they ended up in the playoffs. So I don't, I don't know if McDaniels is necessarily an upgrade from what they had. As far as the Chargers go, I thought they were done charging. I thought the problem with them was their coach the past few years. Now they've got their quarterback, but every time I watch him play, they just... Y'all fans of Red Foreman from that 70s show? His favorite word is dumbass. They're just dumbasses, the Chargers. It's not they're not talented enough. They're just dumbasses. They managed to screw it up themselves. And then when it comes to the Broncos, it's an interesting case study because the last couple of years, they've got a lot in place. I think they've drafted pretty well. They've actually got some weapons on the offensive side. What they don't have is a quarterback. However, according to Las Vegas, they're the favorite to land Aaron Rodgers. How much gas does he have left in the tank? Having to learn a new system-ish. Of course, he'd be playing with his former offensive coordinator as his head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. You guys want to know a fun fact? Nathaniel Hackett went to my high school, Blue Valley Northwest. He was a couple years ahead of me. He was class of 98 or 99. And my older sister, Jillian, 
went to his house to take school pictures for homecoming. She didn't go with Nathaniel Hackett. She went with one of Nathaniel Hackett's friends. But she was at his house. What do y'all think about that? I'm telling you, this dude, Nate Hackett, I saw him do the worm all the way across my high school, Blue Valley Northwest. He's a legend. Now he's the Broncos coach. Who knew? Brian, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Brian? Hey, how are you, sir? Good, man. What's going on? Well, I just wanted to kind of chime in here with uh, the Patrick thing. I'm sorry. I'm just getting home. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so the thing is, and, and I, I don't know if everybody even realizes it, but, I mean, we kind of knew what we were getting when we drafted him. Andy knew. Uh, the ownership knew. Everybody knew he was a gunslinger. He was a guy that, you know, through, likes to take looks downfield and pushes the ball. He, I mean, that's who he is. And I just think that the reason, the main reason we lost is he didn't have enough weapons. Uh, we didn't have, you know, a, a third threat like we had with Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, McCall Hardman, not really up to par with, you know, uh, he's not on that same level. He yeah. didn't have the skill set that, that Sammy did. And, you know, we're just lacking uh, some more weapons to give to him. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna invest half a billion in someone in a player, uh, surround them and give them any and every you know chance and possibility that that you can give them to to make things happen. No, I, it, does, it is kind of funny that you would. Thanks for the phone call, Brian. That you would build like a mansion and then just let the weeds grow out front, right? And like have your driveway all cracked and nasty looking with oil stains. Like if you're gonna have that really nice thing, you got to also have the nice things around it. I hope you get my analogy. I would disagree with the fact that the Chiefs don't have enough weapons on the offensive side. We'll take a break. We'll talk about it next because how many teams actually have a number one wide receiver? It's kind of like an ace in baseball. Yeah, as Royals fans, we can call Jose Rosado or we can call Paul Bird the ace. That's not James Shields. That's not really an ace. How many teams have a real number one wide receiver? Because the Chiefs have one. How many teams can argue that they've got the best tight end in football? The Chiefs can argue that. So we can argue on the other side, but I don't think it's a lack of weapons. We'll talk about it right here on 610 Sports Radio. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, yo, that last commercial before Mitch Holtis came on, to listen to it was kind of hard. Did I say hard? BlueChew.com. One more time. It's BlueChew.com. You can go there. You can get your first month free. Just pay five bucks just by using the promo code machine. That's right. Machine. BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. You know what I say. 913-576-7610 is the phone number. Guy called in before, said the Chiefs need to get more weapons. I've heard that. I've heard that often. Honestly, if you didn't know who the coach was and who the defense was and who the offensive line was. And that's all pretty good, right? Like the defense is good enough. The coach is pretty damn good. Offensive line, one of the best, I would say, young lines in all of football. But if you didn't have any of that information and all you knew is the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, Tyree Kills, their number one wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey as their tight end. And I told you that all those guys are still in their prime in the case of Kelsey, maybe on the back end, but for the sake of this conversation, 
best in the league, top three. I don't care if you think Joe Burrow all of a sudden took over Patrick Mahomes. You're an idiot. But if you want to say that, fine. Mahomes is two. You agree with that? You might want to say, oh, Devontae Adams and Jordan Jefferson, some of these other guys over Tyree Kill. Cool. We agree he's top five. Travis Kelsey, oh, I take this guy. I'll take that guy. Cool. Top three. Is that our baseline? Top two quarterback, top five wide receiver, top three tight end. When I say that out loud, doesn't it sound kind of silly to follow it up with, will the Chiefs need more weapons? Would it be nice to have? Sure. Could we all be doing a little bit better? Absolutely. But if I'm driving a Bentley and a Lamborghini rolls by, I ain't tripping. I'm doing pretty good. It doesn't have to be perfect. And I would say the Chiefs right now, to complain and say they don't have enough weapons or to say that that's where they should spend their first draft pick or a couple of them, I would say the Chiefs have as much offensive firepower still as any other team out there. Now, you can say, well, what about this team that has these two wide receivers and you pair them? What about, you know, there are a lot of Buffalo or what about, you know, Cincinnati? They don't have Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow ain't there yet. If Joe Burrow wins on Sunday, we can start to have that conversation because then they've both got one ring. But let's just back up here a little bit. Out to the phone lines, Arthur's in Kansas City. What's up, Arthur? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's all up? I got to do is, all I got to say is machine. Well, that's right. You're damn right. <laughs> hey, real quick. Now, now, I heard the guy call in talking about we need more weapons. Yeah. I don't feel that way because I feel we got enough weapons. What I was going to say I was just upset at Pat. Can I be upset at Pat? Of course. Just this one time. I just want to be upset at Pat. I never have. I know we got the best. It was just a few plays in there that I got stuck with. But you know what? I'm going to leave it at that because I know I'm one of the best Chiefs fans ever in Kansas City. I've been with the Chiefs since they came to Kansas City because I was already here when they came to Kansas Arthur, City. Arthur, dude, there's no, there's no reason for you. Trust me. I'm Jewish. I've got Jewish guilt, naturally, right? My great-grandma had it, my grandma had it, and my mom passed it on to me. I've got guilt. I feel a little bit guilty talking smack on Patrick Mahomes. That's my guy. That's my favorite player. He's he's the he's Makes the paychecks a little bit bigger. He makes the, the afternoons a little bit more fun. He makes the offseason a little bit more fun. He's going to be around for the next decade. The only jersey that I wear as a grown-ass man around the city is that number 15. Used to interview the guy every single week. I love Patrick Mahomes. On the flip side of that, I also love my sister Amanda. But every now and again, she pisses me off. And we go a couple of days where we don't talk. Where I'm a little bit upset. Then I get over it. That's where I am with Patrick Mahomes. Just give me a little bit of time. Kenny is an independence. What's up, Kenny? What's up? What's up, man? Machine. What's up? What's up? Hey, uh, I I was actually at the game. I took my boys, and a couple things that I like to touch on that other people have also. But you know, their absolute refusal in the second half to run the ball when McKinnon was getting five or six yards to carry because they basically rushed three and dropped eight into coverage yeah. and. We played like we didn't know how to play against that, and we played against it most of the year. And then the third and goal play with a minute left, you know, you see the video, and Kelsey was wide open, and Tyreek Hill was wide open, and I would hate to be the guy that said something was rigged. That'd be worst-case scenario, right? But best-case scenario, your superstar quarterback, who I have also, one of his biggest fans, was rattled or, or seeing ghosts or whatever you want to say, 
but you're not going to have more wide open receivers than that. And I think the frustrating part as fans and I, my three boys were with me is, you know, we just haven't seen him do that before. And I'll hang up and listen. No, to no, dude, actually, actually, don't hang up. I want to ask you a okay. question because I'm a conspiracy theorist by nature, right? Like the magic bullet theory and Loch Ness monster. And I'm down with all of it. Like if it happened, it probably didn't really happen that way. So let's dive into it. When it comes to this one though, man, doesn't it prove just how much we're not used to seeing Patrick Mahomes make those plays either physically or mentally at the end of the game, especially taking those two sacks on the final drive, that one of the things that we go to is conspiracy theory and that the league is rigged because have those words ever come out of your mouth before, Kenny? Like, maybe you're conspiracy. Well, have you ever talked about that crap before? Because if you haven't, and this is the first time, it goes to kind of tell me that you're, you're grabbing at straws here, trying to think of a reason. How could Patrick Mahomes possibly look that bad? I've never seen him make so many mistakes. And if we're saying, well, it's because Loch Ness Monster comes into play, then, you know, <laughs> see what I'm saying when I say it out loud? I mean, Loch Ness Monster, Sasquatch, all that stuff. Yeah. The only thing that, that I know is he played so well in the first quarter, and then you said you asked if I had said something about conspiracy theories before. Because the week before, I literally told my kids, I said all four of the games in the divisional round ended on the last play of the game. Hey, you might be onto something. You ain't lying about and that I one, man. There, statistically, that is not possible for that to happen randomly. It, there's no way. It is. It is. As somebody that gambles on sports, thanks for the phone call, man. As somebody that gambles on sports, it is kind of curious how it feels like there's always a magnet, especially in the NBA. If any of you guys watch the league, man, if you got the Mavericks over the Pacers and the Mavericks are up by 17 points at the end of the first quarter, just go ahead and stop watching because the Pacers are going to come back and probably ultimately win that game. It's like, remember NBA Jam? There's no way to get more than like a double-digit lead. If you start kicking your opponent's ass, he starts hitting all these half-court shots. He's on fire. Dunking from the free throw line. Get the hell out of here. Maybe sports are rigged. I don't know. Jason, you're on 610. What's up, Jason? What's up, Jason? Hey. What's up, man? Hey, uh, so I uh, my take was it seemed like in the first half we were kind of had our foot on the gas, like we were playing to win, and then – in the second half, it just seemed like we were playing not to lose, like especially on that final drive where we had it, you know, first down on the four-yard line. It kind of seemed like they told Patrick, hey, don't screw anything up. Let's let's make sure we tie this up and get it in. I don't, in di- I don't disagree with you, Jason. Like, I saw the same thing that you did. I would just say this. I wouldn't take any coach right now to be with this team and with this quarterback over Andy Reid. I think the proof is in the pudding. I think that he's the perfect coach at the perfect time for this quarterback and this team. I mean, look at look at his record. Look how he's done the division. Head coach of four straight AFC championship games at home and a couple of games away from the Super Bowl when he doesn't make it and all these different things. All that being said, I think Andy's biggest problem And this is not just this year. This is not just this game. This is not just this team. This is his problem all the way back in Philly. It's not clock management. It's not any of those things, which he could still use a couple lessons on probably. I know Madden players that are better at finishing off the game than he is. But it's not keeping your foot on the gas when you could essentially end the game. I can remember multiple playoff games 
I can remember multiple regular season games. There's probably been a dozen of them if you really want to take out your microscope and go over it. And that's probably the biggest flaw for Andy. How many times can you remember the Chiefs getting a lead, the other team coming back, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs ultimately win the game? Sometimes it was the opposite. Chiefs get down big, they make the comeback, ultimately they win the game. The problem is, when you keep doing that and you keep winning, you don't really worry about it too much, right? Like when things are going well in life, you don't really worry about the details. You don't really, if a, if a meal tastes great, you don't really worry about the ingredients or where the animal came from. You just know it tastes good on your palate. Think about the Cleveland game, the first game of the year. If that didn't tell us that this team had all kinds of problems, Cleveland ended up being a dumpster fire. And the Chiefs barely won that game the first week. But afterwards, we all kind of went, <laughs> same old Chiefs. God, I love this team. They get down, but they got pat. Well, ultimately, at some point, that was going to catch up with them. And damn it, it could have been the week before versus Buffalo. But they played at the time what we thought was the greatest game ever on a football field. And then eventually, it bit him in the ass. We'll keep taking your phone calls, 913-576-7610. So we've talked about some of the issues What do I think they should do about it? I've got a very obvious solution, and I'll tell you what it is right here on 610 Sports Radio. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hello. How are you? My name is Sean. Sports Machine. What a dumbass nickname. Unbelievable. I still go by that. Anyway, good to talk to you guys. Got Nolan on the buttons. I'll be here until 9 o'clock. 913-576-7610. I told my guy Nivens I'd give a shout out to FAC Fight Night coming up in Independence on Sunday. And a little rumor that Dana White might be in the house for the fight. So, the, uh, the doors open at 2 FAC Fight Night at Cable Dahmer Arena. Get your tickets now. Put on by 98.9 The Rock. It's Bink at Night here on 610 Sports Radio, 913-576-7610. Earlier in the show, I was dividing up the blame pie. I was pissed off. I made a blame pie, and then I started cutting pieces, and I gave half the blame to Patrick Mahomes, and then I gave, like, another 40% to Andy, and I gave, like, 10% of the blame pie to the defense in the second half. And then a lot of people chimed in on the text line. They're like, what about Veach? I, I don't think that Brett Veach deserves any of the blame. I know that that's not necessarily the most popular thing to say less than a week before the team gets eliminated. But I thought that Brett Veach put this team in about as good of a position as possible. Now, again, 
I'm not saying he's perfect. But I don't need my pitcher to come up and throw a perfect game to be satisfied. If he goes out there and throws eight innings and gives up two runs and three hits, I'm cool with that. So was the Frank Clark signing a couple years ago good? No. Were there a couple of draft picks you'd like to have back? Yes. But then again, if you look back on it, did the Tyrone Matthew move completely change the culture on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah. Did a couple of the draft picks this year pan out on the offensive line? Absolutely. We can go back to the bad. Well, what about McCole Hardman? Well, what about re-signing Demarcus Robinson? I get it. But overall, I feel like this team was in a position. And after all, they did have home field advantage. I get it. Took Tennessee losing. But they did have home field advantage for the fourth year in a row since he's been the general manager at the crib. And they were seven-point favorites to go back to their third straight Super Bowl. It takes a lot to be in that position. More than a quarterback, more than a coach. It takes a lot of dudes. And I think that's the general manager is a lot of credit. Again, a little bit of blame, too, but I'm not giving him any of that pie. Let's go out to Carl in Kansas City. What's up, Carl? Hey, Josh. How are you, man? What's up? It's Sean. What's up, man? Oh, Sean. My bad. It's okay. uh, you know, I'm, I'm already been, in royal season. Dude, I've been called way worse today by my girlfriend. Don't even worry about it, brother. What's on your mind? <laughs> hey, so first of all, I, I agree with you, man. Beach, Beach doesn't. He doesn't eat any of that pie. Um, I, I don't really put any of the pie on 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 Andy or or, or Patrick either. I uh, well, then who the hell do you blame? Uh, man, I, I, I this is going to be an unpopular. You're going to go thing. with the conspiracy thing again? Um, I don't know if you watched the Pat McAfee podcast at all about uh, Brittany and Jackson, but I, I do think that maybe some of it might be within the house of the Mahomes family. And I I like Brittany, I like Jackson, but. I do think that they kind of maybe take his focus away from 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 what he's doing on the field. And I, uh, in echoing Pat McAfee's words, I, I do think that they have a conversation this off season and maybe kind of rein it in. I, I, I do think we see a different uh, circle around Patrick Mahomes on the off field, on the you know off the field. Here's here's the, here's the thing. I I wholly understand how people feel and the images that they get and all those different things and. Do we all have distractions in life from keeping us at, you know, from our full potential for sure? But you've seen the same people around Patrick Mahomes since he got here. This is not a situation where Patrick Mahomes got here and then all of a sudden his brother moved in with him four years into this thing. Like his brother's been in the picture the entire time, right? Kind of the look at me and the TikToks and the social media and the clothing line and all that stuff. Is it a distraction? Is it kind of a pain in the ass to deal with and all that as a fan? And sometimes you just want to look away. Sure, we'd all agree with that. But is it ultimately part of the reason why the Chiefs aren't in the Super Bowl? Same thing with his soon-to-be wife. It's like, look, she's not new. Say what you want to say about her personally. Some people love her. Some people hate her. Some people like what they do. Whatever. But my point is he had so much success with those corner men, if you will, corner women. I'm a big fight fan. You guys know that. As a matter of fact, tomorrow between 4 and 6, I host a show called Tapped Out on the BetQL Network where it's all UFC and boxing. You should check it out. But your corner men, your cut man, very, very important, right? And it feels like any time a fighter, no matter how good you are, when you get new people around you for those important positions, it gets a little bit dicey. I would completely agree with that last caller and say, well, obviously the issue is he's putting too much time into this or he's getting too distracted by this or he has to answer questions about this. I don't believe that. 
I'm not saying my personal opinion about those people, and I'm not saying that they aren't somewhat of a distraction. But I think that he's proven that he's been able to navigate that where really you only hear about it. It only becomes a national story once there's kinks in the armor. Once Patrick Mahomes is throwing interceptions, once the Chiefs lose to the Ravens, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, is this the problem? People didn't necessarily love those people when it comes to public sentiment the last three years, but they've been there, and the Chiefs have gone to two straight Super Bowls and four straight AFC Championship games. So what I'm trying to say is it sounds like a little bit of an excuse to me. Not to mention, I don't care how you feel about them, Love them, hate them, indifferent, whatever it is. Who's going to go to Patrick Mahomes and say, hey, man, your girl needs to back off a little bit for the sake of football? How would you like somebody to say that about your girlfriend? How would you like somebody to say that about the person that you love the most and that you've been with that long? Again, I'm not defending her or her actions. I'm defending her as the significant other for Patrick Mahomes and as somebody that has a girlfriend that they love very much. I'd be pissed. It's kind of like anybody telling you how to parent your kids. Maybe their advice is good, but I ain't trying to hear that. You're not going to tell me that. And then the other person being his brother? Get the hell out of here. Let's go out to Lee Summit. Pratt, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Pratt? Hey, Sean. How you doing, man? I'm good. What's going on? Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to get over the loss that we had. Uh-huh. Um, I was there at the stadium. I'm still seeing us at the fire line and still couldn't finish it. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like that our defense just did enough towards the end to keep us in the game. But um, what I feel, uh, uh, do you think that Patrick Mahomes uh, could have got hurt or something with all the sacks uh, he took in the second half? Wait, um, because I ha- haven't seen him missing, uh, missing those open wide receivers or even throws that he was way off sometimes, and he, he was never like that. Here's the thing, so, Brett. Sometimes at work, no matter how good you are, and I don't know what you do for a living, but let's say that you're the best at it, right? You're still going to screw up. Even when it's important, sometimes you're going to screw up. Even if you're the best. Even if you've shown before that you can be clutch. It's going to happen. Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the NFL. But we've taken phone calls in the last 15 minutes alone from Pratt just now asking me, do I think that Patrick Mahomes was hurt? Pratt, you were at the game. I'm sure you've rewatched it, at least the highlights, if you can stomach it. You know he didn't get hurt. You know that's not what happened. You're trying to rationalize it. Well, I've never seen him miss these open targets. Overthrow, underthrow, bad decision. Get sacked. Almost take his team out of field goal range. Interceptions. Man, we took a call 10 minutes ago where the dude was telling me that it was a Zapruder film, that it was a conspiracy theory. And I'm always down for a good conspiracy theory. I'm pretty sure that I've seen three separate UFOs in my life. But I ain't buying it. Well, what about the fact that you've seen the footage of Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill wide open? I know this is going to be crazy. I know this is going to be taboo. Maybe Mahomes missed him. Maybe Mahomes didn't see it. Maybe Patrick Mahomes didn't put this team in the best situation last Sunday to get to a Super Bowl, and it feels a little bit taboo saying it, and the fact that we spent the better part of the last two hours saying, I can't believe that happened. I get it. We're shell-shocked. Never seen it before. 
but it wasn't a conspiracy theory. There wasn't a funny business going on. He wasn't hurt. He just sucked. Steve, last call of the hour out in Blue Springs. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. Uh, good show. Um, you know, a couple things, I guess. It looks like that Cincinnati really put the – they really brought the house coming at Patrick. And uh, I just feel like we didn't really get the rush in the second uh, half to, to slow down Joe Burrow. I feel like, it, you know, he had more time. We just weren't getting to him uh, like they were to us. And, and that makes a difference when you have, you know, guys running at you and you're running around trying to find an open receiver. Because one minute you're turning your head one way, the other next minute you're turning your head the other way, trying to get out of that rush, and you don't see your receivers if they're open. And on top of that, Joe Burrow got sacked, what, nine times the week before, and he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. I would disagree a little bit. I don't think the problem was the pass rush. I think the problem was the tackling. How many times did we see the pass rush get to Joe Burrow in the backfield or get to Joe Burrow after it would have been a two-yard gain that ended up being a 12-yard gain for a first down? And then he got another first down, then another one, then ultimately they came down and scored, and that was a difference-making drive. You know that looked a lot like Patrick Mahomes the week before versus the Buffalo Bills. So I don't want to take all the credit away from Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, but screw them. <laughs> I ain't watching that Super Bowl. I watched the halftime show. I am missing sick of sick of Slim Shady. But I ain't watching the game. I can't do it. I'll bet on the coin toss. <sighs> I'm still sick. Two hours in the book. One more coming up. I'm the sports machine with Nolan. In for Bink at night right here on 610 Sports Radio. This is Bink at night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 